You're listening to the Zipline Logistics Truck Yeah podcast, where we explore all kinds of hot topics in the logistics industry. Get ready to learn, laugh, and get your brain on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Zipline Logistics Podcast. My name is Jesse Jewett. Joined with me, as always, our Director of Training and Development, Teddy Lee Knox. Teddy, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Great. Feels like fall outside. Does it? Mm-hmm. It's about to be 95 here in Columbus on Monday and That's Tuesday. That's my preference, so I'm happy about that. You like it hot? I do. Some like it hot. You know what else is hot? Shipping into Walgreens. Yeah, it is. That's what we're talking about today. Do you shop at Walgreens? Only when I'm on vacation. Great call. Really <laughs> I don't good. I don't know why, but when I go on vacation, I can only trust Walgreens. It's usually a pretty good, I don't know if guarantee is the right word, but like if you need something, they're probably going to have it. Always. And I feel like I purposefully forget things when I go on vacation. So the girls and I can do our Walgreens trips and get like some some toys, some activities. I can get mascara. I don't know why, but it's just very fun. It's like what we do on vacation is make a trip to Walgreens every time. Walgreens would be considered a, I know they have a pharmacy in there. Mm -hmm. Is it in the name Walgreens Pharmacy or is it just Walgreens? I think it's just Walgreens. Okay. I think it's kind of probably like, should have done our research. Well, like all the other chains, like it's Kroger and then Kroger Pharmacy. Correct. Like it's a different number. Yeah. But it's not going to have everything, right? I wouldn't suggest getting your uh, prime cuts of meat or like fish from there. Uh, I don't think they have that. No, they don't. But they're great for, for snack foods, for Snacks. staples. Sure. Um, we, staples we, like for art class? No, I'm sorry. Or sta- staples staples like for the, your pantry. Sure, sure, sure. Um, again, like when you're traveling, you can go to Walgreens and you can get the food to tie you over oh, for yeah. the first couple days of your travel, which is really nice. How about some snack food? Chips. Yes. Uh, beverages. Mm-hmm. Some sparkling water. That's a big uh, Jewett family uh, vacation hitter. Always. Yeah. Let's get some flavored sparkling water. We're not going to drop any brands right now. Let's get some <laughs> good chip. But yes, I'm with you. Usually it's a good good opportunity to go get a bunch of things mm-hmm. that you need, especially if you don't want to do the drastic uh, or the dreaded uh, checking your bags. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a nice Walgreens located on the way to our primary grocery store here in Columbus, Ohio. So that's a good one for farm pharmaceuticals. Yes. So yeah, it's it's a hitter. I like Walgreens. Me too. How about some facts about them? How about them? How about some facts? Eighth largest retailer worldwide. Yes, it's crazy. That's not like all that big. That's very Top big. Top 10. Because I, like, I remember it didn't come to Columbus right away. Like I remember going to Walgreens in Florida when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And once I got older, Walgreens came to Columbus. So I know that it's it's grown a lot since I've started shopping there. Sure. 12 U.S. distribution centers. Yes. That's... Which doesn't sound like a lot when you think about it. But yeah. I mean, that they cover a lot of ground. Especially since they're everywhere. <laughs> they do. I mean, and I think their distribution center footprint will we'll be able to hit everywhere they need to go within oh, yeah. two days for sure. Yeah. I think with those 12 distribution centers, you have a lot of 500 mile transits, which can, is very beneficial for sure. when you're trying to get products somewhere fast. Getting products onto the shelf. 9,000 plus warehouses serviced worldwide. That's crazy. That. Is a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> That's why the 12 doesn't seem so much. <laughs> so you're talking in our training program, right? Mm-hmm. This is one of our top, our frequent topics, right? Our our top 
primary retail delivery locations. Mm -hmm. We're trying to understand exactly what are the requirements, right? We mm -hmm. have within our transportation management system, a location file. In some cases, in most cases, we have a parent location file. Yes. Ooh, that's a hot, hot button issue. That will give you all the logins, right? Sometimes each team has a login. Sometimes mm -hmm. each customer has a login. Yes. So we're, we're keeping those up to date as best we can to ensure seamless entering of information. A lot of people obviously save that to their web browser of choice yes. uh, for, the, for the logins, et cetera. But tell us a little bit about Walgreens delivery requirements. So my experience with Walgreens, there's a couple different experiences that I've had. So I have some customers who will give you the orders to Walgreens pre-scheduled. So depending on like who's delivering into them, I think that that makes a difference. So you can have Walgreens shipments, um, deliveries, loads, lanes, whatever you want to call them, pre-scheduled, or you can get them with um, usually preference is about, you know, like 10 to 14 days notice where you have to schedule them. Just to clarify, pre-scheduled, it's coming over with a delivery appointment that we need to hit. Exactly. Okay. So it has to be this delivery appointment no matter what. And Walgreens is pretty strict no matter which way you're getting the order. Mm -hmm. That is sometimes nice because you know exactly when you need to deliver. Um, the beauty of Walgreens as well, well, I guess the beauty and the curse with Walgreens is they can have some long unload times. But they give you advance notice of right. those long unload times. So you know right away as soon as you get the delivery appointment if this is going to take five hours or if it's going to take seven hours. And that allows you to communicate within your network and make it more effective. Sure. So some shippers or customers will want to have that done so they know exactly what they're going to be looking into and can negotiate those rates in advance. And that allows us to be able to talk to our carriers and make sure they understand what, what they're getting into, why they have to be on time, and negotiate any rates due to the fact that we are going to hit detention. Detention normally starts after the first two hours of arriving on site, whether you're a shipper or a receiver. And this allows us to make sure there are no issues so we don't have any out-of-service issues, out-of-hours issues, um, or dealing with a situation where the carrier doesn't want to wait. Right. They can't say that they didn't know. It was very clear from the start. And then mm -hmm. that way, even though places like this it can be a little more difficult to get people to want to go in, if you start with the right communication, that avoids all issues. Laying the groundwork up front, always a, a hot topic here. We want to make sure... Not only are we partnering with our customers to ensure their delivery goes smoothly, part of that is partnering with our carriers mm -hmm. over communicating the expectations, right? Yeah, I agree. And I think when it comes to all facilities like this, you have some issues that you have to make sure you take into account, like customer chargebacks. Mm. Now, when I say customer chargebacks, that means that the carrier or the 3PL, whoever is doing the scheduling, does not see these charges, so they can sometimes be overlooked depending on who the partner is that you're working with. So if they arrive, they make the delivery appointment, they don't get told something's wrong, mm -hmm. but then you find out later that they were actually two days late for their requested delivery date, then you could be dealing with 3% of the cost of goods sold sent back to you anywhere from one month to three months after the delivery appointment. So it's kind of like a surprise. Right. You and have to track depending, that down. Exactly. And then if you can imagine, if it takes you seven hours to unload something, the amount of products on that truck is probably a lot. Mm -hmm. And if you're taking 3% of that load, that can add up to a lot. Sure. And that seems like, oh, you know what? It's fine. It's 3%. I'll deal with it when I deal with it. But that's extra paperwork. That's extra white noise. And then you have to explain through the chain of your company. 
So being able to anticipate and avoid those things altogether make a big difference. Absolutely. What? Give me some examples of, I know they have some fines, correct? Yeah. Oh, so they have some fines. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> as small as $10 up to $400, mm-hmm. right? Each carrier should have a bill of lading, right? Yes. If that bill of lading is incorrect in any sort of way, that's a potential fine. Correct. And that, that includes a PO number not being on there, not being in the right place, packing list not being included, sure. the SKU number. So it's not just like a BOL is missing. If any information is missing from that BOL, you can be fined as well. Right. You already mentioned the uh, late arrival, mm-hmm. right? That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Rescheduling within 24 hours. That's a bad one as well. So explain that to me. So does that Today's August 30th. I schedule something for September 5th. And then if I reschedule it tomorrow morning, the 31st, is that within 24 hours? Or you're saying that August 31st, 10 a.m. is our delivery appointment. And I reschedule the delivery at 4 p.m. August 30th within 24 hours of that actual appointment. So it's within 24 hours of that actual appointment, not rescheduling 24 hours after you scheduled the first. Gotcha. But you have to remember that when you're rescheduling something, you have to take into account the people who are scheduling it. They have certain hours. Sure. So if I reschedule this at like 5 p.m. within 24 hours, but they don't open till 9 and my appointment's at 4, it's it's not going to count because right. they rescheduled it within after that 24-hour window. It's like Mm -hmm. within that. So that becomes a problem. So even though that stuff makes sense to do 24 hours, that's why we always recommend things of rescheduling within 48 hours. Yeah. That way it just kind of covers all bases and you won't have an issue. That also helps because you need to make sure if you're rescheduling something, you have the time to get the right capacity. Get your lead time right, right? Mm -hmm. So for our customers, get your lead time appropriate. You mentioned 10 to 14 days. That's ideal. Uh, with a with a carrier 3PL partner like us, mm-hmm. right? We're we're diving in and we're we're getting our ducks in a row to set the the best delivery appointment based on the MABD. Obviously, things happen, but we're trying to predict those be- beforehand. Right now, we're obviously we're dealing with like a hurricane. That would be a good one that we're gonna we're gonna yeah. plan ahead and 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 re- reschedule or the next one here canceling within 24 hours of appointment. That's a big no-no, mm-hmm. right? Not only did you take up a slot, now you're canceling it completely so that product's not even going to get on the shelf. That's mm-hmm. a fine as well. And I think with the way that all these all these facilities work a little bit differently. So when you look at these retailers, they all have their certain set of rules, just like they have their own certain set of rules with OTIFs. They're not all called OTIFs, and they're not all called MABDs either. Um, I think Walgreens has their own uh, term that they use for delivery and being able to use those terms correctly is very helpful when you're going back to the buyer and explaining um, a natural disaster and why you can't deliver within 24 hours. And a lot of these facilities have rules that save their vendors from issues like that, from getting fines. So, you know, being able to explain those things and use the right terms and ask the right questions is helpful in those situations. Because there are going to be times where you have to reschedule. There are going to be times where the carrier breaks down. That stuff is really right. important important to remember. Um, but I think, you know, when you're going into that with Walgreens, rescheduling and canceling, they have set trucks that are going to deliver these products to the stores. So if you reschedule or if you miss it for any reason, even if it's by 30 minutes, that product may not be getting on the shelf when it intended to, which means that that shelf space is gone, which... I don't know if you've walked into a Walgreens, but, you know, that shelf space, it's all very appealing. It's kind of all mm-hmm. right at eye level. Oh, yeah. So it's really important for customers to be there and be available. Nothing worse than walking in and seeing the, sorry, 
Sorry oh. for the inconvenience. This is out of stock. And that just sticks with you because it's a different font. It's a different color. And you don't want that because it's basically all at eyesight. So you're causing some issues there. So making sure that you actually know what on time means is really important when going into a place like Walgreens. They're not necessarily, I don't think, a crosstalk facility where it's going in and out, but it's pretty right. close. Yeah. So you miss that delivery, you're jeopardizing on shelf. Don't want to do that. Nope. Get it on the shelf. Get it out the door into your consumer's pocket. Absolutely. That you guys money. don't have sparkling water. Your vacation is over. Oh, we're going somewhere else to grab it. <laughs> With all these fines or these chargebacks, there is an admin fee, right? Mm -hmm. So not only is obviously you're getting the fine, like we mentioned before, the 3% of the cost of goods sold, um, there's an admin fee as well. And those add up. Yes, right? they do. So we're going to try and avoid that at all costs. Next up, there are packaging and delivery requirements, right? So yes. Walgreens uses what's called a standard GMA palette. Mm -hmm. Give me some, some stats on that. So that is your most basic palette. So when you're doing home improvement and you're using a palette to make a table, that's usually what you're going to make it out of. I do that all the time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Standard wood palette. It's a standard wood palette. It usually looks like, I think it's also referred to as white wood. It's just your basic wood. It's not painted. It's not colored. Um, but it is usually has some food safety standards. Okay. And um, depending on what their actual requirements are, a lot of these are actually four-way entry as well. Um, these are also known as a stringer palette, which right. means it's a different type of wood. Um, there are stringer two-way and stringer four-way entry, and that depends on what facility you're going into. A place like Walgreens, they are moving fast. They need to be able to get to the palette from all sides so they can pick it up and move it. Yeah. This also allows, depending on what type of palette you're working with, this allows the shipper to have a little bit more flexibility with their loading styles. Mm -hmm. So if you have a lot of product or if you have heavy product, you can actually configure it differently in the trailer to help with transit and more flexibility and avoid things like rejections at the time of delivery. So understanding those pallet types is really important, especially for a place like Walgreens. If you have shift or leaning pallets, they will refuse them for liability. Absolutely. Uh, stringer pallets, basic pallets, something to consider when you're planning your transportation. They weigh about 35 to 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. right? That's correct. Like that. So, and that uh, doesn't include any additional dunnage. Right. So that it can definitely add up. Yes. The, the, the corner boards, wrap, yeah. airbags, all those things. Anything else you've learned in your time delivering into Walgreens over the years? Um, I have noticed as soon as I tell a carrier that we're going to Walgreens, you get a little, <sighs> a little bit of a hesitation. Sure. But I think luckily we've had a lot of really great relationships with our carriers that they know we're going to take care of them. So at the beginning of my career, almost 12 years ago, saying Walgreens and saying it now, it's a much different reaction because they understand, you know, that we're going to be there for them to help make sure that this goes as smoothly as possible. So they get out quickly and get to their next transit, Yep, which matters a lot for the entire network when we're delivering to Walgreens. For sure. I mean, again, going back to that, setting the expectations ahead of time, that's, yeah. that's a super big element of all of our deliveries, but Walgreens in general, right? Yeah. You can go very, very quickly from hesitation to absolutely. We, we deliver there all the time. We know the program. We know our fair rate that we've negotiated with the carriers. So yes. they're willing to work with us, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, recap, Walgreens, eighth largest retailer worldwide, 12 U.S.-based distribution centers. Uh, we're using our portal to schedule, or their portal rather, to schedule over two, uh, anything over 200 cases. We're doing our best to avoid chargebacks from incorrect BOLs, late arrivals, reschedules, cancellations, etc. We got a standard palette that the product's arriving on. 
get it into the distribution center, get it on the shelf so it can get into your computer consumers and your computer's pockets. (laughs) What did I miss, Teddy? Nothing. You nailed it. We nailed it. Thanks, Teddy, for all your information. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, Good luck at your next Walgreens adventure. Yes. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Zipline Logistics Podcast. We will see you next time.